Welcome to Hammerdown, everybody. I am elated today to be joined by uh, Ben Gordon, who our friend uh, Cassandra Gaines is called the smartest man in freight. Uh, ben is the CEO and managing partner of Cambridge Capital, uh, where he has basically been a kingmaker in the industry. He's also the host of the BGSA conference each year, where Freight's Elite gather together to, to talk about everything in the industry. And he sits on the board of companies like Everest Transportation, Parcel Perform, um, Reverse Logistics, and Greenscreens.ai. Ben, welcome to the show. Mike, great to be with you. Thank you. The, the, the most interesting thing, Ben, is one, we're not going to talk about any of that stuff. Uh, which is a little strange to me. And then two, as a fun story, I'm, I'm going to work really hard to not make a Flash Gordon joke here because the folks that might not know this, Ben is a, a marathon runner and at TIA, I was out really huffing and puffing out for a run and I hear, hey Mike, and I see this Flash go by me and it was one of Ben Gordon here. Well, we all have different skills. You, you, I'm sure you could beat me in a push-up contest or, or lots of other things, but, but uh, the running thing I got down. Gotcha. So Ben, one of the most interesting... Um, things that I've seen out of out of you in the past couple of years, and this really started when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, was that you, you've, you've leveraged this amazing network and the opportunities and all of the companies that, that you've met along the way in order to become really kind of a pioneer when it comes to humanitarian aid in countries where that's necessary. Can you talk a little bit about what was the genesis for that? What was the thought process? How did you how did you really become sort of a leader on that side as well? Well, I, I don't know if I'm a leader, but I, I'm certainly trying to do my best to help. And I, I think it, it really just comes down to the fact that I, I think we all have been lucky, whether we recognize it or not. The fact is that, you know, those of us who had the privilege of being born in America uh, were automatically born with a, a leg up on people born in any other country in terms of the opportunities that we have, in terms of uh, resources, financial and, and otherwise. Uh, and I think that comes with the obligation to, to, to use that opportunity, use those resources in order to do the best and, and be the best that we can. There's a, uh, there's a, a line from, uh, from the Bible, from the, the sayings of the fathers, the pure Avot by Hillel. And he says, when a man is needed and there is no man, strive to be that man. And uh, aside from the gender specific language, which, which uh, I'm sure somebody will uh, I'm getting beat up on Twitter freight right now because somebody uh, 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 took my line about our conference having the best and brightest CEOs in supply chain and uh, and said that, that it's not diverse enough and and uh, and it's not by the way but that's that's a function of the industry more than it is anything else so anyhow I'm I'm simply giving a literal quote of of the the biblical words uh, and it says when a man is needed and there is no man strive to be that man well what does that mean? It means that when there's a need, you step up. You don't look around. You don't pass the buck. You say, what can I do to, to step up and, and do my part? So uh, a year and a half ago, actually uh, more than a year and a half ago, on February 24th of 2022, when Russia invaded Ukraine uh, and launched rockets, missiles, and, and all, all kinds of hell uh, on, the, on the poor people of Ukraine, we all saw the headlines and we all saw how terrible it was. Um, I had maybe a little bit more uh, reason to care because we had bought a logistics company, Everest, that had about 200 people in Ukraine. Um, and you know, my first thought was I want to make sure that the people at Everest are safe. And so got involved in evacuating people, whether to the west of the country, the Lviv, uh, or out in Poland or Hungary or, uh, or elsewhere. Um, and then the, the next question was, okay, 
uh, it's not just about 200 people that work for Everest. It's also the millions of people whose lives are being shattered. Uh, and wh what do we do about that? And the, the great thing about our industry, Mike, as you know, is supply chains full of good people who care uh, and have the capacity to do good things. And my thought was, let's go out to other people that want to make a difference and, and want to use their capabilities and, and talents to help um, and create a supply chain network. And so we started something called the Ukraine Logistics Coalition and basically worked with transportation companies to provide free transport, um, medical companies to donate medical supplies, and then groups on the ground that had critical needs. And so we were able to bring in over $20 million of medical supplies last year um, to help support you know, field hospitals and, and other massive on the ground needs. And so you know, it, it's really a testament to the fact that any one of us, given the opportunity, can make an impact. It's just a question of, do you take the time to do it? Do you make it a priority? And do you focus on follow through? So Ben, lots of us in logistics have seen kind of what it's like to deliver maybe during bad weather. What are some of the things you picked up along the way in in a place that was quite frankly, quite literally raining missiles here? Yeah. Yeah. So a few things. So <laughs> one thing that you don't always think about, or at least I don't always think about in, in classic supply chain arenas, you, you assume that you can count on a variety of things. You assume that when something gets delivered, there's some verification that it got to the right place. You assume that the roads are open. You assume that uh, the you know planes, trucks, and and you know and, and railroads can operate. You don't know, as is the case in Ukraine, whether uh, first of all you can't land a you know a plane in, in Kiev anymore because it's it's not safe. You got to fly to Poland, you know, Krakow or Warsaw, and then typically truck in. You don't know that the railroad system could be bombed by the Russians, in which case, uh, you know, that's not reliable. And then you also don't know that the truck deliveries are necessarily going to get where they're supposed to get because you just don't have the same level of infrastructure, at least not right now, uh, you know, that A, you do in the U.S. Or, or Europe or B, you might have had in Ukraine prior to you know, Feb 24. So, so, so how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, uh, you know, you've got to figure out you work backwards from the goal. So if the goal is, uh, I want to save as many lives as possible, one of the best ways to do it is medical supplies. And so that means, how do I get medical supplies to these field hospitals that are being set up? And so that means you work backwards from that. Number one, who are some field hospital organizations that I know I can trust and, and count on uh, that if we deliver medical supplies, they're, they're going to be handled properly. And so we found some organizations that do that. JDC, for example, uh, which, which does a terrific job. Um, secondly, we figured out, okay, what are the things that they need the most? And so we came up with a list uh, in partnership with the Ukrainian Ministry of Health and then the, the field hospitals and, and other organizations that we were working with. Then the third question was, how do we get the things that are on this list? Uh, and I'll just give you an example. One thing that people really need are first aid kits that, that I mean, of course, it's not just the risk of being attacked by a Russian missile. It's the risk that you get injured and you bleed out because you don't have access to the medical supplies that you need. Something as basic and simple as the first aid kits that, that you know, any fire station or you know, police station in the U.S. is typically equipped with, getting more of those out to uh, people in need in front lines makes a huge difference. Well, it turns out that not all first aid kits are the same. 
first aid kits that, that typically are in the highest demand, uh, ironically, uh, of course, given what, what else is now happening, are the first aid kits in Israel. Why? Because Israel has had a long history of having to respond to terror attacks, you know, whether by Hamas or Hezbollah or otherwise. And so when there's a terror attack in, say, Jerusalem, you want first aid kits that can go on the back of a motorcycle, that can get through narrow streets quickly and get to the people that need them quickly, be easy to use and, you know, and, and take care of the problem. So actually, you know, getting the, those first aid kits to Ukraine ended up being the thing that, uh, you know, consistently people have asked about and, and wanted the most. So it's getting what they need. And then lastly, it's the transportation. Once you know where is it going, who needs it, what's the stuff, can, can you get it donated, then there's the question of the logistics part. How does it get there? Uh, and so if that was being originated in the U.S., you know, you've got a multimodal move. Um, turns out there were a lot of trucking companies willing to donate the trucking capacity. Um, biggest expense, of course, the, the air side. Um, turns out that there are air bridges uh, that other groups have helped set up going from JFK to Warsaw. And then the last mile, the trucking from Warsaw to wherever in, in, in Ukraine it was going. And if the freight was originating in Israel, you know, same idea, but just, you know, just different OD pairs. So, so either way, the figuring all that out, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm not a freight forwarder, uh, right? I mean, I've started a string of logistics, supply chain and technology companies, and I run Cambridge Capital. We invest in companies in supply chain, but, you know, nobody, nobody would confuse me with being uh, a, a freight forwarder who, who excels at, at, you know, managing that. And, and I shouldn't be managing that, but, you know, having other people that could help with that was important, but you got to understand what's the need and what you're trying to solve before you could pick your partners to do that. So, so really putting all that together uh, with, with some other terrific people and partners, uh, Vlad Bilinovsky, who's chief execution officer at WiseTech, uh, James Gagne uh, from SECO, uh, you know, among others, some of the people that, that, that have been very helpful and uh, great to see other people in making step up. So Ben, if we fast forward just a little bit from February 24th to October 7th, you've stood up something very similar in order to support Israel. Can we talk a little bit about that? Unfortunately, as you as you note, October 7th is a day that will live in infamy. October 7th, of course, was the day that Hamas, with help from Iran, organized a massive terror attack on Israel, murdered 1,400 people, including Israelis, Americans, people from close to 30 other nationalities, kidnapped approximately 240, and really, uh, on a per capita basis, this is 20 times worse than 9-11 was for us as Americans, because for Israel, uh, a country that's so much smaller, a country of 9 million, uh, to have 1,400 people murdered in a day was the worst day in Israel's history. Um, and not just terrible for Israel, not just terrible for America and for the close to 30 other nations uh, who had people slaughtered by Hamas, but, but really, if you think about it, uh, our our civilization, our Western civilization, is based on the idea that uh, we can protect our civilians, that massacring women and and beheading babies and raping young girls, like th things that worse things than I ever imagined, uh, were things that that I saw and and anybody can see now on the internet, uh, reflecting the the, the barbaric. Uh, uh, terrorism inflicted by Hamas. And so, look, my first reaction, of course, was, was uh, uh, shock, shock at how much evil there was. Um, and then my second reaction was, 
you know, we got to do something about it. And just like with Ukraine, I, I think when, you know, again, the, the saying, when a man is needed and there is no man, strive to be that man. So w- what does it mean? Well, in, in Israel, I think it's it's very much the, the same situation as in Ukraine, which is you have innocent civilians being targeted, uh, being butchered, um, and in need of help. And so what can we do to help? Well, I think as with Ukraine, one is money. I got involved in donating and raising money as, as I did with Ukraine. And there are lots of wonderful groups on the ground. Uh, the, J- the Joint Distribution Committee is one, which also had terrific operations on the ground in, in Ukraine uh, and, and is, is doing uh, terrific humanitarian life-saving work in, in Israel. For example, uh, the populations in the south of Israel uh, that, that are under rocket attack from Gaza, and of course, the shock and horror of having entire communities destroyed. Uh, JDC has helped to evacuate those, those entire communities, uh, move them to somewhere safer, and, and you know, frankly, not just take care of their basic needs, but also uh, the psychological trauma that, I mean, you can only imagine what, what, what it must have been like for uh, people to see their you know, entire community slaughtered. Um, so JDC doing great work. Uh, United Hatzalah, which is an organization that uh, operates their, their ambulances on motorcycles so they can get quickly in and out of difficult places, again, delivering uh, first aid kits and, and other uh, uh, vital supplies, vital needs. Um, so, so I got involved in both uh, donating my own money and then, and then helping raise money for, from others to support uh, worthy organizations. And then the same supply chain idea, helping to get um, medical supplies into Israel, helping to get uh, transportation companies and, and medical suppliers to donate uh, both the, the lift as well as the supplies in order to get there uh, in partnership with groups on the ground. And, um, you know, it, it's it's terrible to think that everything that, that we did with Ukraine last year, we now have to do not just with Ukraine, but but also with Israel now. But unfortunately, that's, that's the world that we live in. And uh, my, my personal view is that um, what we do now uh, could make a huge impact on w- what unfolds. And I, I don't want to be one of those people that is asked by my kids and grandkids, what did you do during a, a horrible time of need? Uh, and answer that, well, I was too busy, right? You know, I, I was too busy at work and I, I wrote some things on the internet, but but didn't actually do anything. I, I didn't want that to be me. Um, and so, so you know, I'm, I'm just trying to do my best alongside uh, lots of other people that, that have shared values. Ben, when it comes to su- supporting the cause and su- supporting the initiatives you're working on, obviously donations welcome, I assume, um, whether that's financial, whether that's actual, you know, healthcare equipment, whether that's even transportation costs, what else can people be doing to support you? Yeah, so I'd say four things, and you, 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 I'll start with the ones that you mentioned. For, for sure, one is money. Uh, I, I'm not raising money for anything that I'm personally doing, but I'll tell you the organizations that I'm supporting. I mean, I named two of them. One I'm on the board of because I, I really believe that they are uh, such a tremendous and well-run organization, the, the JDC, the Joint Distribution Committee. JDC has been around since 1914. Uh, it is really, um, it's the largest American Jewish humanitarian organization. It does non-sectarian work as well. I mean, for example, uh, a lot of the work in Ukraine, you know, it goes to help people regardless of, you know, race, religion, ethnicity, or, or, or anything else. Um, but it has been known as the, the Jewish 911, the, the first call when there's a disaster or, or a calamity, again, dating back to uh, 1914 when the Ottoman Empire crumbled and Jews were being slaughtered in what was 
uh, what was then called Palestine. And, and uh, the, the JDC emerged as a, as, a, as a safe haven to help take care of people. So, um, so JDC is, is doing tremendous work uh, on the ground. They have uh, a, a, just about the lowest overhead percentage of, of any nonprofit out there. So you can feel good that the money goes to places that, that make maximum impact. Um, and, and certainly that's one United Hatzalah, as I mentioned, is another. So, so there are a set of groups that you can support. And, and certainly again, those are two that I've written meaningful checks to, you know, myself recently. Um, the second is if you're in transportation and you're willing to donate transportation resources, you know, the, the plane component is obviously the most expensive. So, you know, that's great, but you know, the, the truck, uh, on either side, you know, matters as well. So donating truck or, or, or plane capacity. Um, whether you're a you know a freight forwarder or, or you know air cargo company or otherwise you know great. Third is access to supplies. This is critical. Um, you know medical supply companies you know like Medline or hospital companies, uh, you know big hospital chains you know HCA or others that you know Tenet that have access to the the vital supplies that are needed. You know tourniquets, bandages, first aid kits. Uh, you know, stands. I mean, the the whole uh, anything you can imagine that a field hospital needs. You know, there's there's a, a vital need for for that as well. And then the fourth has nothing to do with with money or resources, but it, but it's the one thing that we all have, which is our voice. Speak up. I think it's it's just incredibly important to speak up. I think um, you know you, you look at what's happening in the world right now, and you know, as, as the saying goes, uh, for evil. To occur, it, it's not enough for uh, for for. I'm going to mangle the quote. It's not just about what bad people do; it's whether good people speak up. And and uh, and so I think it's incumbent upon all of us to speak up. Uh, you know, and again, re re regardless of you know Jewish or Christian or Muslim, we, we should all be able to agree that beheading babies uh, is evil, that raping young girls is evil, that murdering Holocaust survivors is evil, and that uh, re regardless of what one's political opinion is and what, what one thinks about, you know, one political leader or another and Bibi Netanyahu or anybody else, the, the, the issue right now is, uh, you know, can uh, innocent people, can civilians uh, in Israel be uh, allowed to live uh, a, a life free of, of terror, of murder? Uh, and can Hamas, which is terrorizing not just the, the people of Israel, but also the people of Gaza uh, be removed from that position of threat. And, and uh, there's plenty of time to talk about politics and things that, that, that we can debate, but, but hopefully that's something that, that civilized people around the world can agree on and just, just use your voice to speak up and express that. Um, and so in my mind, those are, those are the four critical things, donating money, um, donating transportation, donating medical supplies, and using your voice as a factor for good. Ben, one of the one of the the tenets of this podcast are, is you know kind of encouraging young and you know recent college grads to consider a role in supply chain on the humanitarian front. So not supply chain focused, but on the front that we're talking about today. What's the speak up? Obviously, and we've touched on this. Before. What's the advice you would give a recent college grad in terms of learning about what's happening in the world, learning about where supply chain fits into that, but also really having an informed opinion as to to how to how to react to what we're seeing, which is kind of a tough thing to learn to how to react to. Yeah, I mean, 
it's a great question, Mike. I think I think you know no, number one is is get educated. But but I have to say something about that. Um, my opinion on this has changed. Uh, you know, my my opinion. If you'd asked me a year and a half ago about Ukraine, I would have said get educated. You know, read the New York Times. Uh, and when I've watched what's happened in in the the media this past month, uh, I, I'm not sure that's the answer anymore. I mean, just as an example. Three weeks ago, there was a terrible story about uh, about a, a hospital in Israel, and the headline in the New York Times said that that Israel had launched rockets against the hospital to to blow it up and uh, murdering over 500 people. And there was all kinds of uproar. There were riots uh, on the streets throughout the Middle East. Uh, synagogues were were burned to the ground uh, in multiple places. There were synagogue uh, firebombs and burnings in Tunisia, Algeria, Berlin. Um, and there was only one problem with the story, and that is that it wasn't true. It turned out that the bomb, it was actually a rocket launched by Islamic Jihad. Uh, it turns out that, that of the Hamas and Islamic Jihad rockets that they've been launching from Gaza against Israel, something like 15 to 20 percent of them are a misfire, and they end up blowing up uh, Palestinian people in Gaza. And so that was one of those rockets that, that uh, the Islamic Jihad launched. And by the way, it didn't hit the hospital, it hit the parking lot. And by the way, it didn't kill 500 people. It was like some fraction of that. So like everything about the story was wrong. Um, but guess what? You know, uh, you, 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 you could publish a, a corrected headline the next day, but you can't walk back the, you know, the, the rage that it unleashed. And so I guess I come back to the fact that uh, I think, you know, my number one piece of advice is get educated. But you know, but but how do you do that? Uh, look, I think there are there are a number of good sources of, of more objective information on what's really happening. Uh, I think uh, Barry Weiss, who used to be and actually ironically uh, on the op-ed page of The New York Times and quit because she didn't like the bias, uh, started a publication called The Free Press. Uh, and I think she's done a very good job of what she's published on that. Also, uh, while we're on The New York Times topic, Brett Stevens uh, has been, a, a I think, a very Thoughtful uh, analyst, just you know, covering what, what's happening and what, what, you know what what lies uh, underneath that. So, I'd say Barry Weiss, you know, Brett, Brett Stevens is two, uh, you know, high quality sources. Interestingly enough, um, there's a, a a guy who's known as the Green Prince, who is the son of the founder of Hamas, uh, who was raised to believe all the evil hatred and and murder that's part of the Hamas death cult. Uh, and then he he came to see that it was wrong. And he now goes around, you know, of course, great risk to his own life, uh, speaking out about what he actually knows and saw and experienced inside Hamas. Uh, so the, the green prince uh, would be, you know, would be a third. But I, I think, look, getting educated about what's happening is uh, is important. That's not not a you know, political commentary. It's just like a, get, get get to understand the facts and get to understand what's you know, what, what's really happening there. Um, I think the second thing is, you know, uh, find a way to get involved, find a way to do something constructive. I mean, you know, when, when I was, uh, when, I, when I graduated from college uh, a long time ago, uh, you know, 28 years ago, uh, I think the, the um, I actually thought about joining a, a nonprofit, uh, you know, before going into business. And, you know, the great thing about being in your 20s is, is, uh, you can go anywhere and do anything. You don't yet have the, uh, the you know the commitments that come with you know having a family and 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 everything that flows from it. So, 
you know, it's a pretty good time to uh, think broadly, you know, whether it's get involved as a volunteer or, or actually go, you know, work for a, a nonprofit or a humanitarian organization. There are wonderful, interestingly enough, humanitarian organizations in supply chain. Um, Airlink, uh, for example, is one. And it's one that, you know, we worked with the Ukraine Logistics Coalition to help airlift medical supplies into Ukraine. Um, and I'd be happy to share suggestions with anybody that, that's thinking about those questions of, well, you know, if I'm if I'm a you know young adult, young professional, and want to get involved, whether that's you know as a volunteer or or, or on a full time basis, there are, there are lots of wonderful people doing doing wonderful things that uh, that are, are are focused on that important question that you ask. Ben, is there any question I haven't asked you so far that I should have? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 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 question you haven't asked is, uh, you know, how do you make sense of this all? Because it can be so overwhelming. Right. I mean, you know, if if you have empathy for the pain and suffering of, you know, people who are who are uh, in need, I mean, look, you, you can look at all kinds of horrible things happening in the world. You know, look at the I think one point seven million um, uh, Pakistanis, excuse me, Afghanis who are being kicked out of Pakistan right now uh, where where they had fled after the, the Taliban took over. Um, and Pakistan is, is uh, sending them back, uh, you know, which no doubt will lead to the certain death for many of those people. And, and that's heartbreaking. Nobody's speaking out about that. Um, and so, look, if you look at all the terrible things happening in, in the world, there's, you know, there, there's a lot to uh, be upset about. And, and you know, the, the obvious question is, what can I do? I'm just one person. And how do I triage all these terrible things? And you know, my 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 answer to that question, Mike, is you can't do everything, but you got to do something. So start somewhere. Um, and and uh, for me, that answer started with Ukraine last year because uh, it was such an overwhelming need, um, and also because I'd seen a, up up close and personal what people of Ukraine were like uh, through you know my time visiting them, visiting. Uh, the, the Everest transportation business there and knowing that these were good people, these were honest, hardworking people, these were people that uh, loved being a part of a, an American company, loved the fact that they felt like they were moving away from something bad, the oppression of the Soviet Union and towards something good, the freedom and, and democracy and human rights of, of the West. Um, and so I felt an obligation to, to do that. Now, in choosing that, it also meant that there were a lot of other things that I didn't do uh, and, and can't do, but so, like I said, you're not obligated to do everything, but you got to start somewhere. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today. Really. I, I, I can't appreciate your time anymore. Thank you so much. Mike, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I value what you're doing, uh, value the, the spotlight that you're shining, not just on, on supply chain, but also on these important issues and keep up the great work. 